You're listening to. And you're listening to the Cloudcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Turn my back on the things I knew, fell in love, and all it got me confused. I was young, I was filled with fire. The smoke was just getting higher. Fell hard, I was hurt and bruised. It was at this time that I became recluse. The cards were dealt and I played, broke the rules so I couldn't stay. And hey everyone, welcome to episode 149 of the Collabcast. It is Thursday, wow, December the 7th, 2017. My name is Marvin Yue. I'm Minji Chang. And we are your hosts for this weekly look at Asian American pop culture. And this week, um, we are coming at you from opposite sides of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> it's an international cloudcast. I am here in Taipei, Taiwan, um, on quote-unquote vacation, even though I'm still working right now. But working always, because we always <laughs> do. And um, I'm in Los Angeles, which is currently on fire right now. So yeah, that's crazy. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a, in a little bit in our roundtable. Uh, but we're joined by a very special guest um, all the way from the 404. This is like our second Atlanta guest in the last month or so, but no. Oh, in the last month, yeah, because yeah. we had June, <laughs> and we've had James, who's on. But yeah. anyways, um, hype. KV Vu, how's it going? Hold on, let me introduce What's you correctly. Twenty twelve <laughs> Collaboration Atlanta champion, Collaboration yes. star finalist, uh, member of Collaboration Atlanta, and the host of Wake Up Atlanta. It's KV Vu. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, hey guys. <laughs> And by the way, might I note that you're like, get ready to fall in love with this girl's voice. It's so unique. Like I get told that, but I know that my voice is not compared to yours and I love your voice and it's so great. So you guys are in for a treat. Ha ha. I ate a cough drop before I came. Can you tell? No, no. <laughs> I can't. What? Are you getting sick? No. Okay. I just was afraid that my voice would be too raspy. So I ate a cough drop. No. <laughs> I don't want it. I want it unaltered and unfiltered. <laughs> I try. I, I think it's still raspy, though. Okay. We need, but it's great. We need all the rasp. <laughs> we do. It's, your, it's your character. You know? we, we, got, we got my like my public radio deep voice. We got Minji's like drive time hype voice. And now we got KV's. I don't oh, know. Is that what it is? Like in the indie radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. If like KV's a- like telling us who all the underground local bands are and... Where they're exactly. That's what I was gonna say. She's like the she's like she's like the insider knowledge voice, <laughs> like your best friend. Hey who, guys, coming yeah. from the basement on Thursday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually reuniting with KV right now because she's been staying with me the last few days, but then she left. She parted. She left to, you. To, yeah, but she's why? staying with another friend now because she has to. You know, she has. She's really popular and has to make her rounds. But we're all very sad in my <laughs> in my household. We're like, where did she go? <laughs> no more epic dance moves. Yeah, we'd be dancing and stuff. We oh, it was great. Yeah, Joshua Tree was amazing. It's because the Vietnamese food up in Noho isn't up to par with the ones down in uh, near Buena Park, huh? Actually, though, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, I would. I would go there. I want Vietnamese food. We yeah. don't. We don't have much. Time. I just had Vietnamese food today at Brodard. Oh, I've never eaten there. Oh my god, you guys! They have really good uh, summer rolls there. <laughs> like the Nam Nungs. Yeah. Yes, the Nam. Literally, I don't even like food, but I would live <laughs> for this. 
Yeah, you prefer sleep over everything, which is I yeah, I yeah. learned. Like I would take a pill to not eat. Like what? <laughs> what? What, you, what a waste of time. What? But, but I would I would eat the Namdoons and the In and Out, of course. Okay, so you've been you've been educated. Again, another Atlanta. So are Atlanta you- native enjoying? <laughs> The bounty that is in LA. So are you the are you like on board with the soiling plan then? If you just drink one thing that has no taste but gives you everything you need, you'd be okay with it? Oh my gosh. I have a subscription to Soylent. Do oh you? I do. <laughs> I do. I don't think I could judgment. I'm not judging. I'm just like cringing inside because I don't think I could ever do that. I yeah, I almost drink a soylent every single day. Well not now that I'm here in LA, but at home I definitely do. What does it taste like? Cardboard. Okay, then yeah, yeah like straight it, cardboard. That's what I had. It's basically your daily like nutrition like requirements yeah. in like liquid form. Oh, um, hello, I'm super creative and put chocolate syrup in it. <laughs> there you go. So it tastes like chocolate cardboard. <laughs> I was gonna say so. Chocolate cardboard <laughs> is the order of the day. Oh, I, I put some honey too. So yeah, yeah, I'm creative. You know, I think I'm gonna go to eat, like Korean barbecue tonight. Or I am too, actually. <laughs> Where are you going? So useless. I have no idea. Come with me. Okay. okay. So we're making plans, Marvin. Now that we have dinner oh, plans. Man. Yeah, you in Taipei. Korean barbecue in Marina Park. That's probably the Kahondong. That's the best place there. Or the Eights, the the um, pork belly place. There's one down there too. Or I could just well, take her straight to K-Town and like to the source because we'd be I think, close to it right now. I, I think mean, we are. But when I was here for Collaboration Star, they took us to some Korean barbecue place with like all the options. <laughs> and I, I was mind blown. It was so good. That was when I liked food. I legit think I'm going to like reconfigure my schedule this evening <laughs> to participate in because <laughs> now we're eating. <laughs> yes. now we're just talking about food. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, um, we start every episode with a pop culture roundtable where we go around the table, the metaphorical ocean wide table that we have today um, and talk what's table. on our minds and what we've been reading, what we've been experiencing and the world of just pop culture and Asian being Asian American. And um, let's start with Minji because I know you want to talk about fire and I also want to talk about fire. <sighs> I don't know if I want to talk about it. It's just like the current thing that's on my mind. Again, when things like this occur, I can't really think of much else. Everything else kind of drifts away into the oblivion because it seems very meaningless. But regardless, like my mind goes in a million directions. But right now I'm really concerned about the safety of everybody. There's been a lot of evacuations on the west side. Um, UCLA got... The classes are being canceled, I believe, and they're told not to come to school. And that's just like, these are, you know, our interns, our UCLA grads, and one's still there. And things like, it's just, it's crazy. And um, the Santa Ana winds are are common this time of year. But then, I don't know, my brain just goes a million different directions of safety. I'm a homeowner now. I'm thinking of insurance. (laughs) I'm thinking of like global warming. It just... What's that? This is a a thing. It's not a thing, apparently. But this year's just been crazy. And so... It's hitting close to home. <laughs> the crazy thing is the Santa Ana winds usually, I don't think it, they usually blow in December. This is pretty late for them. I mean, wildfires really? are a common thing in California, but in, especially Southern California, but not one this close to like actual homes. Interesting. Like we've had wildfires go through like the mountain areas and like burn down, you know, like cabins and, and like mountain homes, but not like actual like suburban homes. And I think it's like getting right. close to that. That's really crazy. Um, so, Minji, is this your first like up close 
wildfire scenario? Because this isn't yeah. really common in yeah. the Bay Area, right? Well, that's the thing. We just had the huge fires up in Sonoma and like Napa. And that was my parents were, I was talking to my parents about that because the smoke and the ashes were reaching all the way to the freaking East Bay where my parents live, which is, you know, usually very unscathed by wildfires. Yeah. So that was freaking me out because I was just worried about them breathing all that nastiness and now it's down here and yeah no i've never been particularly up close and personal with a fire but i know that they happen and it's just freaking me out my closest experience was in college i think it was second yeah it was second year at ucsd i woke up one morning stepped outside looked up and the sky was red and it was raining ash and it looked like the world was ending (laughs) what year was that i think i heard of this 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 was like 2003 Three two thousand four. Yeah, um, yeah, it was two thousand three. Two thousand three for sure. Um, I remember because classes were canceled for four days. Yeah, and I really wanted uh-huh. that fifth day to be canceled because I had a paper due. But <laughs> yeah, today it looked like the world was ending. There were there were some yesterday. yeah there were some some th- well because when we were in Joshua Tree and my friend had messaged me saying like are you okay are you okay so for me my okay this is a sad reality and this is kind of like the reflection pop culture wise I guess but the day and age that we're living in when I got that message we we're driving back and she was messaging me are you okay and I thought that there had been a shooting somewhere yeah, yeah. so I was just like didn't know what was going on and then I was like what and then she messaged me back a minute later but that minute felt like 10 million hours i was like mm-hmm. what happened mm-hmm. and she's like oh there are fires not that far from you and i was like what so that's how i found out yeah that's crazy because on the east coast we have literally the opposite problem water uh, my yeah. brother's um house just got flooded by irma Oh, God. So oh, your brother's in Florida. In Florida. So my whole family's in Florida. Oh, my um, gosh. So it, even in Atlanta, um, I evacuated because I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm, not dealing with this. I mean, I want to look at this data. I just like, okay, just given all the years that I've been alive, I haven't recalled hearing about this many evacuations, right? For yeah. whatever your reason, whether it's a hurricane or whether it's a fire or what have you. It's this has been super intense and it just drives me crazy because, you know, it can be tricky to talk about politics or whatever, but I don't understand how this is like a political thing. This yeah. is like yeah. science. This is not yeah, this is not partisan. Yeah. yeah. This I mean, is science. I mean, there's two things, right? The thing with wildfires is sometimes it is caused by human error. But right. the conditions yeah. that make it into a wildfire, like high winds, hot winds, and weather patterns, those are all caused by like by weather and things that by weather, yeah. you know, we can't control, but we kind of do because we kind of cause some certain things to change, right? Well, that's, I mean, like you look at the California drought, right? So I would say this because when I moved to SoCal, we were it, like, it was kind of really the peak of this drought that we we're having. And when I would fly from the Bay down to LA, it's directly just like North South, right? Mm-hmm. And it fly right over the mountains and it was just yellow and brown where it used to be green. There used to be trees yeah. and the reservoirs are like, it's sad. You'd see where the water used to be and it's just like half it's right. like half full i don't even know what level is at the bottom but like you see this giant gap between where the water used to be at the regular level and mm-hmm. now it's there mm-hmm. so for me i'm just like it's so obvious like even visually i don't need to know <laughs> numbers to mm-hmm. see that this is like dry barren land so i was like legit scared i was like what if like some 
dummy who was smoking a cigarette flicked their cigarette out the window, which happens all the time. Right. This this whole it felt like all of Central California just looked like kindling. It looked like yeah. it was ready yeah. to to turn into a gigantic fire if like one tiny spark yeah. Yeah. from a car or from a cigarette or from some like you know like a uh, campfire that went wrong. Yeah. And oftentimes yeah. that's that's what happened. Um, I remember one year a wildfire was started in San Diego because hiker got lost and tried to make smoke signals, but didn't realize he was like in uh, dry like brush. Right. Like people are uh, people make mistakes. <laughs> they do, um, but then I think you know the human error coupled with the fact that like there's a grander scheme, there's a grander impact that we're having on the earth as humans. I mean that's something that we can't ignore, and honestly. Like that does get political with like carbon footprint with the things that we're doing. And I know that's not the sexiest topic for everybody to like talk about. Like there there are other celebrities and things that we can talk about, especially on this podcast. But suffice it to say, you know, I don't even need it to have been the wildfire in my own backyard to like get me this riled up. I get this riled up about climate change and the environment any day. Yeah. And um, but we got to talk about this. We're going to talk about it today. I wouldn't even say it's political. It's, it's a policy issue. It's it's like it's something that the regulators can help manage if if only they didn't make it into a political thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, then I put it on us. And it's for me, I like I implore that because I think a lot of our listeners are I think all our listeners are amazing. And this is a much larger conversation than what we're going to have here today. But yeah. if I can like implore people who are listening just think about I guess like I constantly think about it more and more now I feel like there's more urgency so I just personally feel like what am I doing that can like be part of the problem or be part of the solution and it's I think like I cannot single-handedly fix this whole thing but yeah I can like make an impact in my own little tiny space yeah. And I think the goal is, you know, to leave something better than you found it. Right. But or at least as good as good. Yeah. <laughs> None of us, we're not doing that because of our carbon footprint. But what we can do is, um, like give to organizations that, um, that will preserve Right. Because we can't, you know, like just me recycling isn't going to do as much. Yeah. Um, but you and me recycling and Marvin and yeah, like, you know, yeah. whatever, like our collaboration staff, that collectively over time, that makes a pretty big impact. And like, yeah, I'm legit. I just talked about barbecue, but I'm legit like reducing the amount of meat I eat. Yeah. Things like mm. that. Anyway, that's like, I could talk about this for hours yeah. per usual. <laughs> but there we go. Fires. Um, but yeah, welcome to yeah. So you've had your hurricanes and your uh, flooding. Welcome to fire and earthquake country. Yeah, everyone's got their their issues. Take care of the earth, guys. Yeah, let's um, all do our part. Yeah, <laughs> KV, what's on your mind? Um, segueing from that, uh, you guys are like talk about pop culture, and I'm like, can we talk about politics? <laughs> <laughs> this is KV's specialty, but dude, this is. <laughs> I, for one, said, we've talked about this. I think the silver lining to all the the, the craziness that's happening this year is that politics has become pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. And it's part of it. It's, um, so what's on my mind today is yesterday, Georgia just had um, a runoff election and uh, my friend just got elected into Georgia House. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And so she is the first Vietnamese American to ever be in Georgia legislature. Like, Yo, wow. that's amazing. Wait. Shout out. What's her name? Bing Nguyen. Bing Nguyen. Bing Nguyen. Woo! 89. What's up? So yeah, that's super exciting. And being on the ground, like knocking on doors, talking to people in the neighborhoods um, was amazing. And asking people like, what do you care about? Um, because I don't know, like, I don't know what, um, like maybe like a 40 year old man, like across town cares about. Right. Um, and I, I just ever think everyone, you know, cares about the environment and, um, education and all that. And he was like, you know, to be honest, like I care about the parks and the rivers. And I was like, wait, what? Like, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. How long did you do that for? How many houses did you like, how many doors did you knock on? So they, I mean, as a team, I think they knocked on, um, like 14,000 doors. Whoa. Yeah. But I, um, so I brought a team out right before I came out to LA. I was like, this is my last effort to help her. Um, so I actually made her video, her introduction video. Um, and it really helped, I think. <laughs> I hope. Um, I say it did. <laughs> right. Um, but before I left, I ga- gathered some volunteers and we went to knock on doors and we knocked on a thousand doors that day. Wow. Yeah. And and then she won by 400 votes. So I mean wow. like those thousands. 400 votes, y'all. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Like people have more Facebook friends than that. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And so the, the mayor, um, we just decided the mayor of Atlanta yesterday as well. And she won by 700, 800 votes. Like that's crazy. Are you serious? Yeah. Like yeah. Millions of dollars determined by 800 votes. Jeez. Yeah. Marvin's very well versed. Like I always ask Marvin to educate me, the <laughs> supposed Canadian, um, <laughs> who knows a lot more about how government and politics and voting and like all the structures. I have very general, very superficial knowledge that Marvin always like, he breaks it down yes. to the nitty gritty. <laughs> so you guys would have a good conversation. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about, and this is something that, that, um, that my girlfriend taught me too. It's like, you know, for most elections, like the top line, like the, 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 the big ticket stuff that people, ever, the, the, the races that everyone pays attention to, is only like half the battle. Like basically, yeah. you know, it's all about like the things that will affect people the most are your local politicians, your your local represent representatives, right? Your your mayors, your city council members, your HOA members. Um, touching on Pinji's yeah. personal um, experience, <laughs> and like you know, Board to of be education. to be a a educated and active citizen, it's all about being active in knowing who represents you because. If not, you're just giving up your power. And that's, you know, a lot of what we try to do, especially in collaboration since we're 501c3, we can't really advocate for um, politicians or lobby or whatever. But we can try to encourage people to be active and to be aware of what's going on in their communities, what's going on in elections, and to take advantage of their power. Like, you know, we, t- we always talk about the power of media to change people's confidence. And part of that is to give people the confidence that they matter, their voice matters. And part of that is also to encourage them to use that voice because... You know, if you're if you don't yeah. use it, someone else is going to speak for you. Yeah, I, and especially now at the time where we have everything at our fingertips, all this information, um, I, it's so crazy to me to think that if you didn't have to fight so hard for the right to vote, it weighs less. And I don't understand that. Right. It, it's it's perplexing. Well, I feel like again, it's the the more you don't know, like you figure. 
people don't understand. Again, it kind of like there sometimes needs to be this consequence or like this this urgency. Like what creates motivation and what creates, and this is my life as an actor, mm-hmm. but in every situation when you're taking like a scene and you're taking this stranger character that you have no idea about and you have to kind of work backwards to figure out, that's what you have to figure out is what is their motivation in life? Or for this scene, this action, this behavior. Oh, they're going to go do this. Well, how bad do they want the thing that they're trying to get? Is it life or death? Is it like chill? They don't even care. Like, Mm -hmm. and that, and that, that to me is kind of meta to like all human beings that, you know, we have our different motivations in life. Oftentimes we're not going to move or act until it like really directly impacts us. But what I'm finding the older I get is that there's so much that impacts me that I really just didn't know impacted me. (laughs) And then now that it does, you know, I feel more urgency to to act and I'm like in my 30s but I wish I had kind of not let those previous whatever you know 12 years since I turned 18 and had the power to vote that I didn't hadn't taken those for granted right like yeah. and I also personally get really pissed off when you know, that's the, like the thing about when you're young and like you have older people always talk down at you saying like, oh, young people are stupid. They don't care. Yep. That's actually good motivation for me. Like, first of all, let me tell you, like, I'm not stupid and I do care. I don't know. Like, doesn't that bug people that people look at our generation that way? Like how useless they keep framing millennials to be? It drives me nuts. Yeah. I think that's who they're. That's to their detriment because I feel like, especially this past year, I mean, it feels like the dragon has awakened. You know, like more millennials or young people are becoming not only active, but like acutely aware of everything that's going on. You know, things like Twitter and the Internet has has helped fuel that because we speak this language better than anyone else. And now we're like hyper aware of everything that's going on. Things that might have passed through the cracks even like five years ago. We're like we, there. There's someone who will find it, and someone who will amplify it, and someone who will get to the people that it needs to get to. And it's been really, really amazing to see what's been going, especially this past few like special elections, like the Virginia election and the Atlanta election. Like how many young millennials, people of color, people of different like orientations are running and winning yeah that's very heartening because i feel like last year last year (laughs) was just like such a blow yeah (laughs) but it woke us all up yeah yeah and told us that we need to get moving you know and we like i think it woke me up to what apathy can do um is that if you don't like if you don't grab your your spoon and your fork and your plate and your meal and come to the table no one's inviting you very true yeah that's um, a great analogy <laughs> yeah bring you back to the food situation <laughs> you can't Asian eat americans yeah. yeah who you know we they're cultural barriers um language barriers and so if we don't fight for our yeah our spot then i don't, I don't feel like anyone's inviting us you know they're like oh they ain't here yeah. Moving on. They won't even notice. Right. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. So here's the table. <laughs> right. Still here. Yeah. And here are the people at the table. I don't notice anybody missing. Like they don't even notice you're not there. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm now envisioning like a thing where like I literally show up with like a dinner set. I'm like, yeah, like hi, I'm here. Right. Like put it down. Like we're not trying to, we're not trying to take your food. We're just trying to be at the be table. at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Like to that point, like there are a lot of policy, a lot of um, like procedures were put in place by people who don't 
look like us, don't live like us, and are not around our age and don't have the same problems. Um, like, so I, I think that now is a time that we need to elect people who represent us, who who actually have our best interests, and know how we live. Right. Yeah. 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 All right, Marvin. Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, what's on my mind? Well, I watch Coco. And I was hoping you guys would have watched Coco by now, but you guys are busy living. I know. I suck. I'm the worst. (laughs) I'm on vacation. It's all right. Good news. After this Friday, you can watch Coco without the 22-minute Frozen short. I saw that. I heard that, yeah. (laughs) So that's a plus. People what was on my mind was um, something my aunt told me, actually, because she watched Coco um, over the weekend. And she was exclaiming how similar the like the Mexican traditions with honoring ancestors and the day of the dead was to um, Chinese traditions. And, you know, like um, placing their pictures on the altar, offering them food um, for mm. when they come visit and things like that. And, you know, it, it got me thinking about just different how different people view like life after death and things like that. Actually, we were talking about this with Manpreet. So Manpreet is our collaboration oh. Los Angeles director and she's South Asian. She's Punjabi. And she was explaining about the different like lives that you can live and yeah. that you can come back you in come life back. as X, Y, Z. Yeah. And if you live like a terrible life, you come back as a cockroach and that's like the worst thing. I did. And I didn't know that because our building has cockroaches right now. And I was like, somebody messed up. Symbolism. Or the best. Cause those, those sons of those things can survive anything. <laughs> No, they can't because I just killed one last week with Windex. With Windex. <laughs> they can't even survive Windex, y'all. Yes. So no, you cannot survive the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> What's the craziest like thing you've used to kill a cockroach? <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. Have you, Marv? Have you killed a cockroach? Yeah, with my feet. And my oh, hands. You, you did? With your bare foot? I smush it. No, well, uh, you know, I, with <gasps> shoes and stuff. We would choose that, okay. <laughs> I, I had to save my girlfriend. That is the worst thing. That could be another game. <laughs> yeah. I did with Febreze. See? Uh, I, I had to. Like, I had nothing see, else. You guys they go, can't lo- survive Febreze you guys go long yeah. range. I'm not I, I'm, I'm chemical ha- warfare. I'm hands on. I'm, I'm like, not sure I, if it I died sure or it just dead. smelled really yeah. good. Like later, it's <laughs> <laughs> <She's> like, <over laughs> like pumpkin spice cockroach, <laughs> delightfully fragrant cockroach. <laughs> I just. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Wait. So is that so that is that your what's on your mind though? Is like you're thinking about like all the ways right. that you how people exist or don't exist after death. Uh, no, I'm just Coco just, just thinking about like the the many like intersections of even immigrant culture and like the ways that we we honor our ancestors and I don't know because I know um, you two came from more Christian backgrounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was raised Baptist. <laughs> um, I was raised Catholic. It was just on my mind, like how similar that was i think it's really beautiful like i believe that we have souls and i believe that we have spirits and i don't know where that goes after death but i think there's been enough personally like on a very metal level like when you hear of all the different stories about how people have these anecdotes like where they were spoken to Mm. by the spirit of their grandmother or somebody that they cared for or even like on the scary side which i don't like talking about because that that shit really scares me (laughs) um i think there's a I, i believe that you know spirits exist and and I don't know if I because I, I haven't really thought about like oh coming being reincarnated or anything like that mm. <laughs> but 
I think it's really so beautiful because it's a way to honor the preciousness of life and how much people mean to one another. I think that's a very universal thing, you know, that even after they're physically gone, that you want to commemorate that. And I think, so when I find out those traditions, those are super beautiful to me. Um, It's not really morbid because it's kind of like a fact of life. We only have so much time on earth, Mm -hmm. right? Like physically together. So I don't know. Like I, for me, it's a question mark. Yeah. I mean, a, a big part is the fact that like the reason for these, these traditions is to just remember where you came from. And like um, in Chinese traditions, sometimes you, you leave rice for your, your ancestors, but you also leave a little rice outside for those people who don't mm-hmm. have anyone who remembers them. And that's to give. You know, oh, give, that's you so know. sad and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I don't, I love examples of that. I love hearing things of like how it's just I don't know another way to like love and honor people. Yeah, yeah. Koreans do. We have a whole process for like every year on the anniversary of deaths of family members and whatnot. They have like a whole ceremony where they they bow and they do a whole thing with serving food. They serve alcohol. They serve like the usually like they'll prepare the favorite dishes of that person mm. if you know they go that extra mile. So I know that they did that for my grandfather and um, I actually visited my grandfather's grave because I missed his funeral because it was in Korea, but I got to go last spring in 2016 and he was uh, his ashes. So they cremate in Korea. I think there are burial sites. Like, there are some people who get buried, but he, his ashes were in a special place for people who served in the military. Mm-hmm. So it was like with like other officers and it was mm-hmm. really beautiful. So getting to see that part of my culture was super moving. And like, it's on this hill that like overlooks, it's like outside of Seoul. So it's like in a more country part of the, of, of Korea. Mm-hmm. And it was just really beautiful to see that. And that was like a whole unique part of my culture and my um, ancestry that I didn't know because I don't oh, know how wow. Koreans like really honor their dead and it was just really really beautiful yeah. but yeah. they'd have picnics they have a whole thing where you can like you like open you open where the person's ashes are uh-huh. and there's like they had put my my grandfather's photo inside yeah. and so you can like light incense you can do all this stuff and it's like a little platform and we opened up a little um, a mat and then we gave we prepared like food and then we ate it together and there's like i think we ate like squid or there's like some <laughs> food that you're supposed to eat uh-huh. um oh. and then we did that and it's and i think it's also because my grandfather liked that food and we uh-huh. all ate it together my all my relatives and i and then we just talked about him and like yeah what his laugh was like and yeah. how many people loved him and it was like really beautiful and i got very weepy of course <sighs> Yeah. yeah. Have you gone to That's Vietnam awesome. for any of that? Do you know? Like, um, yeah, I went back to Vietnam when my grandfather died, and it was his funeral. And I thought it was really interesting because I, like, my mom asked me to be the videographer, and I was like, "It's a funeral, mom. Are you That's to be weird." Yeah, because she's like, you know, take pictures, and um, I was like, okay, no, like, I'm not doing that. But then when I got there, like, it was a celebration. It was this mm. huge celebration. It was like. The biggest party I've ever been to. I mean, there was dancing. Wow. Um, There were a million flowers. Um, People flew in and they all told stories of my grandfather who I only met once. And like, I don't think he remembered me, but they told stories about him at night and it was amazing. I was like, whoa, like this is, this is how it should be. You know, why are we crying? We should be celebrating your life. Right. Yeah. 
Oh. Oh. Thanks for asking, bringing that up, though, Mark. I feel very like. <laughs> I've, I'm really grateful. General, like, I'm yeah. really grateful that Coco is doing so well. I think I had a feeling like there was very little marketing for this movie, but I was like, I think it's going to do well. It's so it's real good. Yeah. Um, bring tissues because I know you're a crier. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm crying now thinking of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's go watch it. We're going to take a quick break uh, and come back to talk more KB. We'll be back. Woo! <laughs> Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Thanks again for hanging out with us on this episode 149 of the Collabcast. Uh, the Collabcast, of course, is a part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the AAPI community. Uh, you can find out more about Collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. And if you've been enjoying our programs, such as our talent showcases, our open mics, and of course, this podcast, please consider helping us out and donating to Collaboration. Um, we are a 99% volunteer-run organization, and we rely on the support of people like you to keep us going and pursuing our mission in empowering future generations of Asian-American creatives. Um, if you feel so inclined, um, please go to collaboration.org slash donate and follow the link to um, give a little bit to collaboration. And for those of you who donate, we'll give you a quick shout out at the end of the year Collabcast later this month. Again, you can donate to us by going to www.collaboration.org slash donate. The Collabcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasters from the Asian American community. You can find all of our podcasts uh, by going to the website podcastpotluck.com and as always, each week, I like to highlight a different program from the collective. And this week, I wanted to give a quick shout out to, first of all, um, this is the solo podcast that my co-host Minji hosts, where she lets loose and gives an unfiltered conversation about life, relationships, career, and um, empowerment. Check out her latest episode where she talks to Omono Okoje, um, who recently starred in Justin Chan's independent film, Gook. It's a great episode where both women talk frankly about race and specifically touch upon the nuances of the relationships between the Asian and black community in America and abroad. Again, you can find first of all any other great podcast of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to all of our programs and leave us a rating and review. And please help share the shows with the collective, uh, especially the Collabcast, with your friends who might be interested in listening to Asian American hosted podcasts. And on that note, let's get you back to KV Vu and episode 149 of the Collabcast. Thanks again for listening and happy holidays. And welcome back to episode 149 of the Collabcast. We are here with our guest, KV Vu collaboration alumni current collaboration team member and host of wake up atlanta you put on a super show show voice there like you did wake up atlanta, wake up atlanta. that's um, good we have kv vu <laughs> all the way from atlanta georgia welcome welcome back to the hello, show why am i welcoming you back 
yeah, what should we what should we what should we talk about, guys? Okay, so I I thought of this because well, I've been spending the last few days with KV and it's been amazing <laughs> because KV and I are fans of each other and it's lovely to have someone who's like just so enthusiastically all about you. But also, I want to note that KV is like everyone's biggest fan. She, you're like the most encouraging person I've ever met, <laughs> and you mean it. And the the why I'm thinking of this was um, I was just before you got here, I was telling Christine and Sam your story that you told me that I would love for you to retell here about um, how you discovered spoken word <laughs> and also the, the what led up to Collaboration Atlanta because that's how KV came into our universe is that she won Collaboration Atlanta as a spoken word poet, uh, as a poet in, in, in 2012. And then I found out that she didn't know what it was <laughs> until then. <laughs> I'm such a phony. Oh my God. You're not a phony. You're just like, I think you're very authentic and you're very authentic and like, I don't know what this is. And I, you you don't, you have no BS because you're just like, you don't front like you know stuff when you don't. You're just like, no. I was like, I'm means- a rapper. I don't know what you mean. This means nothing. I was actually so at I that show. I was actually at that show in Atlanta when KV won and like she blew the room away. Everyone was just quiet listening to her. And I know why. I know why she walked into that room. It was so funny, Marv. Like, it's just a great story. And I was telling Sam and Christine, they're both cracking up. Because <laughs> this is such a KV story, so if you will. Okay. Um, you're talking about the story that uh, I, I, I like said I was a rapper. Yes. Okay. You're a rapper. I like, I still am. So you're totally a rapper. No, she's not a She no got rhythm. bars. Yeah. But- <laughs> trust, trust us. She is. Yeah. Um, so the way that I started uh, my rap career is. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. So my rap career started when I was doing a creative writing class and we had to mimic a um, another piece and the the piece that I was given was a rap song and I was like <laughs> I, I got this I'm from South Georgia I've been listening to hip hop all my life I got this so I, a chicken farm from South Georgia oh hey hey I love it though <laughs> it like adds so much character yeah. to you as a human it's great she she's from a chicken farm from South Georgia what's well, the city from a chicken she grew up in a chicken oh my farm. god America's yeah. Georgia. <laughs> America's Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's okay. South. Yeah. It's very, very deep South. Um, yeah. So I was writing a creative writing piece and um, <laughs> I wrote a rap song, but obviously like d- didn't know how to make music like beats. So I was like, okay guys, like this is a rap song, but um, I'm just going to like read it to you guys. Although like it's a rap song. Like I made sure they, they like before and after I was like, okay, thanks for listening to my rap song. It's not a poem. It's a rap song. <laughs> it's, it's a rap song. Um, and then, so I did. And then I, I guess like I recorded it and put it on Facebook and then my friend, um, like comment and he was like oh my gosh you have to put this on YouTube. You're going to go viral. And I was like my rap song. Um, and he was like, yeah, 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 let's put it on YouTube. And like at the time, we had like 30 likes. And y'all, I thought I was the shit. Uh, 30 likes. 30 I know. likes. Like, I'm going to go famous. And then um, I put it on YouTube and it like didn't do anything. And then, <laughs> so he took it and entered it in collaboration, which at the time I had no idea what collaboration was because I was in college, but I was in Athens and collaboration was in Atlanta. And that was like years apart for me, like college student with no car. Mm -hmm. Um, It's only an hour away. (laughs) 
So, um, so he but had like Uber head. and Lyft didn't exist then, so totally makes sense. No, actually, though, like Atlanta was like a land far, land, far away, far away. Yeah. So um, I got I got an email from Collaboration saying that my audition um, they loved it, and I was kind of like, what? <laughs> and then I come in. And they're meeting me for the first time and they're like, so tell us about your spoken word career. <laughs> yeah, that, the career. That's such and a I collaboration like, question, by the way. <laughs> y'all, I like, I blinked twice and then I was like, what is spoken word? <laughs> And then I like, I I like start to try to work in the fact that I'm a rapper. And I was like, well, I've been rapping since. (laughs) (laughs) I've been making rap songs since (laughs) with no music or rhythm. Um, But yeah, I I just had no idea what spoken word was. Um, And they're like, no, no, no. Like you're a spoken word artist and that's how we're going to introduce you. Like, that's what you do, KB. Like, you know, and then I, I like went home and quickly Googled it that day <laughs> and like discovered this whole universe of people that do this thing. Um, this, you know, poetry that's really expressive, um, without music, without rhythms, kind of free. And I was like, whoa, how did I know how to do that? Like, how did I know how to, um, you know, stress certain words and like put out all my emotions um, without music, like, wow, this I is just am. I just am. This is the moment where I realized what I am. You were like, check out all these rappers with no music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I was, I was blown away. And then I, you know, and then I saw like Kanye do his thing and I was like, what? Like Kanye was a spoken word artist. And every time I said spoken word in, in that next year, I paused before and then I paused when I was, I'd, I'd be like spoken word. <laughs> it was so foreign to me, you know? You just didn't know how to have it roll off your tongue because it wasn't a thing to you it was, in your it, it world. It was never a thing. It's so just like spoken <laughs> word. <laughs> That's crazy. And yeah, and people would keep asking me like, oh my gosh, how long have you do- been doing spoken word? And I'm like, I just learned about this this thing last week you guys so please like (laughs) i'm a rapper yeah i'm still a rapper thanks Uh, but yeah that's i mean i if you want to see kv rap you can check out the collaboration lena promo video from that year because she dropped some bars there shut up i never saw that (laughs) okay i'm totally gonna watch this now it's terrible it's happening no and i still have dreams of being a rapper you guys so um it's happening. It's yeah, cool. yeah. No, actually, after um, collaboration and after collaboration star, somebody did reach out to me, a producer, and we did make two songs. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. But I I really, y'all, I just have no rhythm. Like, <laughs> I can dance. It's overrated, whatever. That's not true. Have no oh, KB can dance. <laughs> and she loves to dance. <laughs> so I want to, because, so Marv, have you ever actually, Marv, have you ever done Spoken Word? No, I haven't. I would like want I'm to not, triple dog dare you to I'm do not it. Good, you need I'm, it yes. I'm not good at poetry. Like whenever the creative writing False. like what? False. I think you could do it. If you can put on the smooth jazz Marvin voice, yeah. You could that's, totally do it. It's different. just storytelling. That's, yeah. that's just my voice. Yeah. And though. spoken word especially is just like say things. And everyone snaps. Bam. Yeah. And everyone's like, you're an artist. Right. Artist. Oh. Deep feelings. Right. <laughs> Ambiguous blues. Ambiguous blues. 
Um, but the, the, the funny story, so KV, I kind of want to tell a little bit about it, but like KV had this experience because she didn't know what spoken word was. And then she did an open mic night in Atlanta <gasps> the week before collaboration Atlanta was about to happen. Cause she was just like, you know, challenging herself and developing herself as a human and as an artist. She's like, I gotta go do this open mic thing. And she didn't know the process. She just shows up and she puts her name on the list. And then you thought first. that you you put your name on the list first and you thought that that meant that you were going to go up first, which was not the case because they pull names, right? So randomly, they, they call anybody but the first one. <laughs> so I was like the most eager and like to, to a fault. Yeah. And she was 19 and she was wearing pearl earrings <laughs> and Katie's a very petite person. She's a little Vietnamese American pearl earring wearing young lady. Back then, okay. Back then. No pearls now. <laughs> no, pearls, no, pearls. no pearls. But then she's like gets up, finally gets called up and they had done a, this open mic bonanza yeah. and she's just like... In an, in an Atlanta, like underground Atlanta joint. Right. It's so cool. It's so cool and there's are there any Asians? Any other Asians there, there? No. No. No Asians. No... Everybody was black. Everybody was black. <laughs> Pretty much, right? They were so cool. And I was the only one who was like, oh, God. And again, if you ever present anything, if you speak to KV, if you're talking to her or you're like performing for her, again, she's the most encouraging, most present person. She will listen to every word that you say. She'll listen to every note and she'll have like genuine feedback. So this girl was just like watching everybody's open mic, you know presentation and all she had was this poem that she was gonna recite at this open mic that's all she wanted to do to get up on stage and then okay yeah so and then I get up on stage and the guy next to me the whole time had been like I'm gonna get you on the stage okay and this whole time we'd be like come on me 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 because I had to go and then I finally got on stage and I'm like hello I'm here ready for my poem and I'm okay I'm already nervous like super nervous first time ever reciting this poem and then like I'm holding the mic to introduce myself. All of a sudden, he takes it from me, and he's like, who's going against her? <laughs> I was like, what is this shit? <laughs> uh, what the fuck? So, so yeah, um, they like somebody else came up, this other um, young woman who was way like taller, cooler, more well-versed in whatever was happening. Um, and yeah, they, they were like, all right, who's going first? And... At that moment, I was like, this is so cool. I've seen this like on 106 and Park and freaking 8 Mile. And 8 Mile. This is like <laughs> that freaking moment, you guys. And in my head, I forgot that I was there. Like, I thought I was watching it. You know, I was so like, wow, like, good job. You go, girl. And You're just, so good. Like, the, you know, like they were like heads or tails. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> What's gonna happen? And like, I don't even call anything because, like, I'm I'm just an observer. Uh, just happened to be on stage going against somebody, but uh, she calls it and she gets it. And then like, they were like, "Yo, DJ, spin that beat." And then like, I'm from South Georgia. I've never seen any of this in real life, so I'm super excited. She goes and like spits some shit against me, and it's like bars. Asian shorty and all these things. Did she oh, call no. you Chinese? She probably did. I, you know, I was just in this, the moment I, she probably did. She said something about me being Asian, being young, like studying a lot and things like that, you know? And like, I was like, yeah, I I do have a test tomorrow. So kind of. Her sick burn was your lawyer. Sorry. Wait, her sick burn was your studying law. 
No, no. He her, her sick burn was that like I probably need to study after this. Oh. And I was like, truth. <laughs> but yeah, like shut up. <laughs> What's your point? Um, and yeah, so she went, and the whole time, like I was so like immersed in this, and like really like supportive of her. So like. I was just like bopping up and down on stage, like, yeah, yeah, like you do your thing, you get it. You're so good. Gosh, ah. And then it stops, and everyone's like, you know, woo, 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 clapping and everything. And then they give me the mic, and I was like, oh, but like, do I go now or what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) And then, Oh my gosh, I was it's so embarrassing now to recount it, but I was like, I'm sorry. Um I was just here to read my poem and so can I read the poem that I brought? Oh my god. <laughs> They're like, "No, you go spit some bars, girl." Um I I did not um I did it in like the first 15 minutes of being on stage. I was like, this is really embarrassing, but I don't have anything. I'm so sorry. So I gave the mic back and the guy, the host is just looking at me like Say anything. Just do it. Just say something. Oh. And I was like, I can't. Like, I'm so sorry. I don't have anything. And then I give back the mic. And he just, like, gives it to me. And he's like, please, please. And there was such desperation in his eyes that it was like, don't, I don't even care if you embarrass yourself. But you're embarrassing me right now. Well, as a host, <laughs> as somebody who emcees stuff, like, and that's the program. And then you're, like, messing with it. Yeah. I can only imagine, like, I genuinely, my heart's like, when you were telling me the story, I was having, like, heart palpitations for him. I was like, oh, damn. I feel for him. That's some dead air. That's like, you're ruining the whole lineup. I was dead. Like, <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry. I've got nothing. But, yeah, anyways. So he like gives it back to me and we go back and forth like a few times. So the audience is just watching us like give the mic back and forth to each other. It was real entertaining, you guys. And then finally, like, I don't know what overcame me. Like nobody came with me. So I was like, what can I really lose? Um, and then the they finally played the music like for the fifth time. And I was like, I can do this. And then I had written some stuff for the collaboration music video. Yes. Uh, so I like... Which I have to listen to now. <laughs> I just started spitting something. I don't even know what I was spitting. But like people just went bananas. Like they were running around. Like everybody got on their feet and just started running around and like <laughs> clapping and like hitting each other. <laughs> which was hilarious to watch. They were like, no, you know. And then um I, I guess like by the end of it, I, I like I still don't think I had any rhythm. Um, but like, I think it was so loud that you couldn't hear that I didn't have rhythm. So, um, and you're the tiny Vietnamese American, 19 year old pearl earring wearing. It was the shock factor. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Everybody like, you know, in eight mile, like everybody like kind of like waved their arms towards me. And I just stood there, looked at them, was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, we in here. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, and then I won the little, uh, the little rap battle. Wow. Now that I know it was a rap battle. And then I, I won an alcoholic beverage that I could not drink. And then they were like, <laughs> on stage, they gave it to me. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't drink this. And they're like, why is she here? Like, <laughs> how did you get in here? 
So this whole time, like, you I wasn't even supposed to be doing. there. You don't know what this is. You don't know anything. And you can't drink. Yeah, like, no one ID'd me, I guess. Like, for some reason. Just waltzed in. Yeah, in. And you're probably, like, the youngest looking one there by I, far. I was. Well, I was the youngest one there. Yeah. Because no one was but allowed. But you also it. look really young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were like, so, why is she here? Like For shame, goodness. bouncer. I yeah. couldn't believe yeah. that. So. I, I saw the collaboration music video. You got, you're pretty, like, you got the, the swagger. When you, when you, yeah, when you she does. She has <laughs> it in her. So, see, this is all the pre- the preceding uh, stage setting, behind the scenes, r- hyping up of KV. So then, when she waltzes in collaboration in Atlanta, where she just learned what spoken word is <laughs> a week before, <laughs> she she just comes in and slays. Yeah, there was also a moment when before um, the the curtains open and a collaboration oh judy judy lee like she bless her because before it opened the curtain open she gives me the mic and you know like i don't know i guess i was so nervous and like i work in production i should have known what a mic was she gives me the mic and goes good luck just turn it on before you start. I looked at her like she said so, like she spoke a different language. I was like, what do you mean turn it on? How do you do that? And I'm just standing there holding this microphone. Like, I don't know what this is. And Judy's, Judy's already like walking halfway off the stage. And I went, no. <laughs> And she like runs back and was like, just turn it on before you start so there's no feedback. And I was like, (sighs) I looked down at the mic and I was like, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to do it for me. (laughs) Again, the most sincere. She never fronts. I was so embarrassing. And then later, like after I won and like she was on stage, I was like, Judy, I promise I know what a microphone is. I know how to work one. It's this is an experience. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you, no amazing. one, no one, even noticed any of that when you were on stage. So, just yeah, saying, she just you're, handle herself. You're, you're a natural. <laughs> Thank goodness, no one noticed that I spit on the crowd either. <laughs> Did you spit on the crowd? Yeah, I think I was so nervous, and I didn't know that people were going to be right in front of me because they're like it at um. I forgot what it is. The venue. At the venue, like there were seats that are like 20 feet away. The center stage. Yeah, in Atlanta. The seats are like 20 feet away. And so I was like, no, I'm good. Um, And I guess while performing, I just had this, like, I just spit everywhere. (laughs) And like, passion, okay? They they were so close to me that my friend later was like, yo, you made it rain. (laughs) 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 No idea. Uh, yeah, so very nice. So now we know the origin story. We knew the origin of when KV learned what spoken word is. Because <laughs> she already was one. She was a spoken word artist, but she didn't know it yet. She was a poet. She didn't know it. Well, she knew that. Yeah. But I think it's just so amazing how we'll stumble upon things and we'll already be the thing that we didn't know that we are. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like Marvin was a host before he knew it. He's like a, he's a producer, man. He's like, this podcast is his whole universe and his baby. Look at all this stuff. Yeah. We just got set up here. No one can see this, but I'm just gesturing at all the things that Marvin has made. <laughs> I mean, I told you this, right? Yeah. I've been like, when I was a kid, I used to do radio shows on my like two deck cassette tapes. 
like wow. you did recording stuff. Wait, yeah. I want to hear the story. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, I used to. Um, me and my brother used to make fake radio shows on our like. We had a <gasps> oh, a little tape recorder with like the built-in microphone, and we would just make stories oh, about. Yes. Um, I think at one point we were the official radio station of Jurassic Park. Talking oh about my so god! Cute. <laughs> oh my gosh! Did do you have any of those, or yeah. like, did it work? Did, did the microphone actually work, or you were just holding it? Oh no! It was it was the it was built into the cassette um, the the boombox. Do you still have the tapes? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) I bet that is that a yes and you're just too embarrassed? That's a yes. I don't know where they are. Those must be found, Marvin. Yes. (laughs) Um, That is your Christmas task. Well, they're they're probably in storage somewhere if my parents hadn't already. Oh my gosh. So like collabcast 150 needs to be just you guys playing those t- yeah i i concur no, no I those, fully those are this. for nobody's ears ever no that's ever. like the cutest thing on the planet yes yes i mean for me i was like a total drama queen since birth basically and i was like making up plays and stuff and i was writing journals and like making everything like super epic so maybe i should dig up one of those and like yes. read from like my heartbreak hotel <gasps> entries from when i'm like seven <laughs> I, I don't know. Get, That's like, like reading old Zanga entries, and no one, no one needs to do that ever. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. Teen angst. When did you start writing? How old were you? I wrote my first song, rap song. You know, uh, third grade. Oh, great! Yeah, wow. I entered the school talent show with my best friend, and we wrote a song about each other. That's so cute. the cutest. Yeah. Is there a video? Yeah, I think so. So in third grade, we entered with a Britney Spears song and <laughs> hit me, baby. What? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we didn't get chosen. But in fifth grade, when we wrote our own song, we were chosen. Nice. Which is like, yeah, of course. Awesome. What was your group name? We all know that originals do better than covers. Yeah. That's so cute. What was your group name? We were just Amanda and Kim. Yeah, <laughs> kind of boring. But I know, I know. We we didn't really have a name. We, we just wanted to be Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> well, so now that you have this rap career and now that you are freelancing, you know, as an artist, I don't know. I just feel like KB, like I've been watching you since because I got to meet you in 2012 and then see everything you're doing. And that's like really the, the best thing with collab is watching everybody's story unfold because you never know where anything's going to go and there's so many artists and creatives who start out with one thing and it kind of evolves into the next thing and you know they started out as they were the singer songwriter now they're the producer now they're the voice or now they switch to acting and now they're tr- doing producing and like there's a lot that's out there and I think that's the story that we love to hear because it's so personal as we're all figuring our own stuff out yeah. and I love honestly I have so much respect for you because you are very true to yourself and like this the political aspect that you take that like we were talking about earlier in our round table mm-hmm. I mean that's a huge part of who you are and you're I loved knowing the, the story about how you got this most recent grant was because you were up against you know there there are other grant recipients and hopefuls that wanted to so i keep telling your stories but oh, it's like okay. i love bragging about you but like it was inspiring <laughs> well, well, let's, to let's me set because the, let's set the context like so you have a yeah like digital show now called wake up atlanta um which you guys talk about um voter engagement right yes 
Right. And so there's this there's this grant that your friend wanted to apply for that she did apply for, mm-hmm. but that she said she instinctively knew and she was right on the money. So good move, friend. Was it Fee? Fee. Fee had she was a very smart woman and she was like, you know what, I'm passionate about politics, but I think it with KV on with me, it'll be a much more compelling program. And I think the two of you together are great, you know. And she so she applied for this grant with KV. She freaking brings her in and so she applies without you even having read it. You didn't know anything and what it was. You're just like, she's like, you're going to do this thing with me. Yeah. And she wrote a killer application. And then once we got top 10, she left to California. She's like, bye. She's like, gotta go. Um, And so there was a pitch competition. And um, I was like, I know nothing about politics. This is going to be great. Um, and so I prepared almost like a spoken word piece. Of course. Because, um, you know, like that's that's what I knew. Um, and so the only times that I've ever been in front of a crowd was to perform spoken word poetry. Um, and so I think everybody else, um, the other nine um, pitchers, Yes, we're going with that. Applicants. Applicants. Yeah. Applicants. Yes. Pitchers. Pitchers, pitchers good. Pitchers are the good. The other nine yeah. pitchers of lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was thinking of baseball pitchers. <laughs> there are many kinds. Pitchers. Okay. Um, so the other, the other nine applicants, um, they just like had speeches. And I had, I had like this spoken word <laughs> poem where I delivered with like so much passion. And I think everybody could tell. Um, and I think that's ultimately what helped us win the grant and then um but the 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 final thing this is what i loved about your uh final the final to me what i heard in the story when like it's like the final nail in the coffin is when they she was up against like super intimidating people who were really knowledgeable about politics and very like polished and you know intellectual and whatnot and then they ask you like well why should you get it and your answer was well they they had all these numbers like all the other applicants they had like well 37% of blah, 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 blah. And, you know, what are you going to do? What knowledge are you going to bring? And I was like, well, to be honest, nothing. And I think that's what we're missing is that somebody who doesn't really know much, um, just learning. Uh, And you're not overwhelming people with information, but you're kind of learning it as they learn it. Um, So explaining it in a way that isn't so overwhelming and complicated, but just like, tell me what I need to know in two minutes. Cause I don't, I don't care after that. After your two minute spiel, I'm, I'm scrolling. Right. So. And to engage is like you're meeting people where they are. That's again, your magic. Cause I think that when people like artists and the like, you know, artists, politicians, leaders, what have you, when you get to be real and you kind of see people where they are and you're honest about that, that's kind of like, it's a, it's a vulnerable thing that sometimes a lot of people don't have because whether they actually are like elitist or whether they're like insecure and want to like project authority or like that they know better than you maybe they do like uh, they do probably know more than you but like just being real and like meeting people where they are I think that's super powerful yeah and I think some of the best storytellers in general whether that be on a like on a platform like wake up Atlanta or whether it's like you know a storytelling through a song or whatever that's the stuff that people gravitate towards personally like I engage with your I watch your videos because you're my friend but also because you say things in a way like exactly so when you explain that to me later after I've seen your videos it all makes sense because you're yeah. just like, no, we're talking to people who don't 
know. Like, yeah. And I didn't know slash don't really know. Right. But we're learning. We need to learn this. Yeah. Like I'm just a normal person trying to learn about politics. And like when normal people learn about politics and you, so we invited in a mayor and, you know, we asked him, okay, so what are some things that you've done this year that are, that could be interesting to young people? And he started talking about like infrastructure and buildings. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and yeah, there's a time and a place for that. Once you reel people in um, and kind of set the, um, I, I guess, like introduce who you are and why we should care about you, that's when maybe you can talk to me about infrastructure. But like at the beginning, I don't care. And then he was like, um, we de- decriminalize marijuana in Atlanta. And I was like, okay, go on, keep going, keep talking. <laughs> Go with that. That's what I care. You know, and like those are some things that we care about. And if you can tell me in under two minutes, even better. Yeah. Right. Are and you- I still think infrastructure is important, but people don't even know what that means. Like I don't yeah. like I had to Google that myself. And like yeah. if you can make it accessible to yeah. me, just say but I'll, I'll just, jump in. And give me a relatable example. Yeah, just yeah. say um, I'm yeah, fixing that- traffic or I'm making your commute shorter. Or even like I'm yeah. making the buses run on time. Like right, right. those are things that people and, understand. Uh, yeah, it was really interesting, um, and I was just telling uh, some Jubilee fellows yesterday, but they were asking about Wake Up Atlanta, and they were saying, wow, you guys have gotten so much hate. Uh, I mean, we had to do a Mean Tweets episode because of how much um, just negative comments we got. And it's interesting because just like collaboration, we're a 501c3, um, the organization that we partner with, so we can't be partisan. We aren't urging you to vote for any specific issue or any candidate. We are just trying to tell you to go vote. And like all these white Americans were just commenting, um, saying like, okay, yeah, really like those issues. So one episode we had was we were trying to describe to Asian Americans that a lot of policies affect us and we might not think so. Um, and we might not think that it directly affects our family, but it it affects our community. And so we we were giving some examples Um, specifically in Georgia. So one example we gave was there was an exact match law where your voter registration and then what Georgia had on file had to exactly match to like the T, no dashes, no spaces. Um, And like, and sometimes it's like little things like Asian names are complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That would totally affect me because my middle name, sometimes I do a dash, sometimes I don't. And I've recently mm, see, not yeah. done that because I've gotten in trouble where, like, officially I don't have a dash. So when I had that dash, I got rejected for something. Yeah. Wow. That, that, and that's I did not know that deal. was a thing. Yeah. Because, I had no and, idea. And whether, like, Georgia lawmakers did that, you know, with the intent to suppress voters or not, that's not the issue we were going for. We just wanted to say that that law affects us. And when we don't, we aren't aware of that, that hurts because uh, around 50,000 voter registrations were tossed out because of that. Um, Wow. So, you know, a lot of organizations came together. It was a lot of Asian, Black, and Latinx voters uh, applications that were tossed out. And like, hello, that's because we have complicated ass names. And like, you know, the clerks, if you are a white American, you might not know how to spell Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N, because that's weird. Right. Mm. So, um, and it might just be human error uh, that, uh, so it might not have anything to do with how you filled it out 
when you applied, but how they typed it into the system. Wow. Yeah. And so So then you got hate comments about that. Oh my gosh. Like we were just saying that, wow, 50,000 applications were tossed out. This is what some of these organizations did. We, they sued the secretary of state and they, we got back those registrations. Amazing. Right. We got comments that were like, well, maybe if you followed the law, it wouldn't affect you so much. (laughs) Really? Like, really? (laughs) Yeah. And it it was, it was just so interesting that, that one episode where we were just giving examples of how policy could affect us. People got so angry. Like, (laughs) welcome to the internet. Yeah. Like (laughs) finally, when we speak out about something, that's, that's supposed to be constructive and helpful and educational so that you can then follow the law and know what it is. And, Or yeah. even Not the reaction penalized. should be less like, well, it's your fault. You're like, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Right? Like, yeah. you should yeah. be learning too. Not like, oh, you're co-. like, the, the ability to see right. everything as a complaint is kind of what privilege does to people, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because they were um, definitely seeing it as our fault. Like saying, well, why didn't you just write it in correctly? And we even said in the episode, sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's just the clerk typing it in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And we got like a lot of like, go back to Japan, go back to China. Um, Yeah. Like, oh, I can't even count the number of dead white Americans that have been affected by the drugs that Asian Americans or that Asians have brought over. And we're like, what What does that have to do with anything? And that is like the, you know, who brought opium first, you know? Like, yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah. And like, this is a show about urging people to vote. That's all that we were doing. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's a a very dark place in... Okay, person. Side note: Just like as a female, like I've, I've, uh, people have said X, Y, Z about like, oh, your podcast, you should YouTube more, like do vlogs and whatnot. And I have talked with uh, other YouTubers because you know we we talk with a lot of different creatives. Yeah, there's a reason why there are more male than female content creators because there's different type. And I'm not saying, and I don't know, I'm not. I'm, this is just like a tangent, mm-hmm. but like. As a female who's putting her voice and her her opinions out there, it has nothing to like. A lot of the comments have nothing to do with anything that of what you're actually talking about. Yeah. Like just keeping it com- completely real. Like yeah. I applaud you for for just putting like especially about politics that are automatically Shut. putting people on edge and making them defensive or antagonistic mm-hmm. or hostile in some way. I don't know, like. Yeah. Genuinely, like, I really didn't want to ever make YouTube stuff just because of, like, all the hypothetical crap that I could see being thrown my way, personally. And they did um, attack our, like, one comment was like, this is why Asian women shouldn't be allowed to vote. What? So I personally want to follow your IP address and find out how I can send a bag of flaming dog poop (laughs) to your doorstep. That's what. I loved it. I loved it. It was just feel for us. That's good. Yeah. See, for me, I'm just like I don't. I would like. Minji's thoughts go straight to revenge. Really? Vengeance. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, justice. <laughs> I don't. I don't look at it that way, Marv. I look at it in a different framework. It's called justice. Revenge. It's called karma. Like, don't be an asshole to people. Yeah. Like, why? You know, t- do something helpful. Just- yeah, but it, we did feel, or uh, we did find that whenever we commented back, like people can say all these mean things, right? But right that moment when we comment back and say, like, "Hey, we're actually um, not from Japan." But we would really love to visit Japan. We heard Japan is amazing with really good. You're the perfect like responder to this kind of I know. crap. I was like, oh my gosh, I would love Japan. <laughs> that and was... then they're like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> they like don't know how to respond to me because I'm I guess I'm just so positive. Exactly. Yeah. You're a ray of sunshine yeah. and they're like black souls. I know. I'm like, wait, which drugs did we bring? The good stuff? Tell or... me which ones. <laughs> Can we catalog it? Like what is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would fuel it I'm like I'm like I'm yeah. like Lighter fluid on him Like what Like yes <laughs> This is why I shouldn't Kill him with kindness Just I'm um working on that Minji next time you feel Agitated just think What would KV do Literally oh, I genuinely That's That would work <laughs> That would work Now I'm like <laughs> Going into that line <laughs> Yeah. Well, because I have a whole list of things that I would do to punish people. I was telling KV about it's the right. left turns. Oh my gosh! I have things that I would like to punish people that I w- to want exact justice upon. Uh, <laughs> I don't say revenge, but like I was like, "You're a jerk." I wish you a solid six months of nothing but left turns in Los Angeles traffic. <laughs> the end. Goodbye. It's not like violent, but it's just like really disrupting the happiness. Yeah, life. yeah, and like stepping on Legos. Yes, oh, like geez. repeatedly. And repeatedly stubbing the same toe yes. over and over again. Or at Joshua Tree when <laughs> the blues. The ambiguous just, blues, like puzzles when you're doing a puzzle and like you get all of the same color yeah, and you can't distinguish like what's what and like the pieces all kind of fit together and you can't tell if it actually fits or not. I, that's yeah. one of the punishments. Another one is like really, really sensitive teeth. <sighs> like everything you eat, oh. just you can't oh, handle no. it. You monster. So those are the types of things that I think about. Yeah. And, and I'm over here like, oh, I hope I hope you have a friend to talk to you about these feelings that you feel towards Asians. On my good days, I do think that way. <laughs> yeah. But if you're catching me when I haven't had a meal or if like my foot hurts or something, like, yeah. I'm going to think of very creative. Yeah. Left turns. Left turns. Left turns <laughs> in LA. Yeah. Oh, before we go, um, let's talk really quickly about because uh, lately we've had some hometown trivia. So, KV, tell us what's good about Atlanta. Home- she misses sweet tea. That's the one thing she's very. Oh yeah, why do you guys not have sweet tea? I love In and Out, but you guys don't have sweet tea. Have- I could not live here. We have sweet tea. McDonald's <laughs> has sweet tea. Really. I thought it was iced tea and then you, like they give you sugar. No, they're sweet tea. It's like, uh, I don't want to know how much sugar goes in my sweet tea. You you do that <laughs> behind the scenes. McDonald's definitely maid. has like, sweet I, tea. I don't want to know how much diabetes I'm getting. Like you you do that. <laughs> I just um, drink that shit. You can get sweet tea at 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah. You're just not looking hard enough, KB. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not. Yeah, because I'm not like looking for food at all. Um, yeah, no, I, I love Atlanta. I think that... I mean, I've been here for, I think, five days and so many people have said, you know, wow, you're a creative, you're a videographer, you're a poet. Why aren't you in LA? And I find myself asking myself every like few minutes, you know, where I like walk and I see like, 
want to make a demo reel. You know, and I never see these things in Atlanta or like want to be in a movie or like we can make your next script into action. I'm like, what? Where are these people? Where have they been all my life? Um, but at the same time, I I think it would be selling out. I think it would be selling out <laughs> to Atlanta if I came out here and like, you know, like I, I understand the the hustle here, but it's like it's a different kind of hustle in Atlanta. Um, and we... Like There's a lot too. going on over there. Yeah, Atlanta yeah, is like getting pretty like culture. creative industry there is like getting crazy too, isn't it? Like um Walking Dead films there. Yes. Like Atlanta, Walking got, Dead, like, um, Infinity Wars is being filmed filmed there right now. Um I just yeah, I think there's a a certain spunk and soul that we bring to things. Um and I I I truly believe in Atlanta and like being in the South, there's just something about it that, that I love. And there, there's a reason that I was raised in the South and that I, I was introduced to politics and Mm. in the South, because I mean, being over here, like, wow, you guys just speak my language, you know? And like, (laughs) I feel like, I mean, I know that the fight isn't over, but thinking about how many Asian American elected officials are in the United States, we make up over one, under, under 1%. So, and most of them are in California. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Or and coast, so, right? Or are they really vast majority in California? Vast majority in California. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think like being in the South, like I, we just got to fight the good fight. Yeah. So, no, and I feel like Atlanta is in good hands. So, like, we're, we're, as much as I <laughs> want you here, yeah, um, and just you have to visit once a quarter. That's all I ask. Yes. Um, but but until then, I mean, because literally, there's people in LA that live right next door, and I I see them like once a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It can yeah. it can work that way. So mm-hmm. I, but I feel like what I've learned from collaboration and meeting all these awesome people everywhere. I think you know. I I am a Los Angelino now. I'm from the Bay. And I sometimes just like, oh, you know, you should be in L.A. But I also feel like we need people out in the field. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's amazing. And if you feel that kindred spirit with where you're from and you want to represent your hometown, yeah, that's one option. And honestly, now with technology, you could do whatever you want, like anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, honestly, though, Atlanta's killing it. And especially with, um, I mean, Collaboration Atlanta has been doing a lot of great work building up the Asian American creative community out there as well. I mean, I feel like you guys are making it happen and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And if you, like, if you had it easy, you know, if we already had something like, I mean, Collaboration when I joined was amazing and then it kind of died off a little bit because like the the older folks were like, okay, now we're tired. Someone else take over, you know? And we had to uh, take a step back and kind of rebuild. And from that um, came came so much growth and we figured out like where we wanted to take collaboration, which was really cool. Yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah. yeah. Also, there's no Waffle House Collab. here in, in California, so. I, I need KVC out there, yeah, so I can visit her and Waffle House. Yes. <laughs> together. Yeah. And... I, yeah, and barbecue. Oh I just love Atlanta. But she's just drinking Soylent every day, I, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. like, hey, let me take you out on the town in your town. <laughs> yeah. You should live it up Let's, before you go back oh. to your Soylent back, back home. No. I do eat one meal. Like a, I, I eat a solid meal a day, and then I drink Soylent. So... <laughs> It is such a waste of time, you guys. No, it's not. And, and, oh, I'm sorry. 
Let's go eat. Yeah, in Silicon Valley, especially. They all drink Soylent. <laughs> Maybe I do belong here. Maybe you do. I'm just saying. Oh, like, you're just an extension. This is terrible. This is like... <laughs> I'm personally like worried about your your taste buds like <laughs> deteriorating. No, Marvin, you're talking the biggest like he his like most of his Instagram is food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because as a content creator for a lot of restaurants too. That's why mm. I've become so desensitized to food. <laughs> I mean, and I can they well. pay you in food? And I hate it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They do. Like they, they like, give me cash. Food. I don't want this food. Yeah. I was like, give me money. Cold hard <laughs> cash. Thanks. I'm trying to travel. I don't need yeah. to eat. I was like, That's Soylent. Mama right. bu- you know, to be honest, like Atlanta is growing so fast that I'm trying to lock in a condo before it like yeah. it <laughs> grows, you know, faster than I can afford it. Yeah. Like, I, get, I get, you know, I get bought out of my own house. Yeah. Good. We're adulting hard. Oh, I hate it <laughs> so much. I just want to eat hot Cheetos all day. <laughs> well, you can do that too. You're a grown up. <laughs> that's true. Soylent and hot Cheetos. Oh, okay, that was a cardboard hot Cheetos. <laughs> Maybe you can sprinkle so hot Cheetos into your Soylent and make it taste like spicy cardboard. Oh, man. That is a good idea. Stop ruining mm. hot Cheetos. No. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna blend it. All right, no. make a video. We'll watch it. <laughs> That's like gonna be the next craze. Hot <laughs> Cheetos. Yeah, there was like the cinnamon challenge. This is like the hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. Hot And on that note, we're gonna call it a podcast. Thanks again for joining us, KV. Thank you for having me. Um, if people want to fi- follow your your um, your stuff, where can they go? Yeah, um, they can follow Wake Up Atlanta. And I think that would be the best. Yeah, that's where a lot of my storytelling is. And that's where all the the fun politics talk is. <laughs> cool. Are you on the Twitter? Learn a lot. Or the... Oh yeah, we're on the the Twitter, the Twitters, the four hundred five. No, yeah, we're on Facebook at Wake Up Atlanta. Cool. Um, And as always, you can email Minji and myself at the podcast at podcast at collaboration dot org. Subscribe to us on Google Play Music. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a nice rating and review on iTunes if you have the time. And um, thanks to Jennifer Chung for use of her song for this month's intro and outro. And yeah, that'll do it. Um, Have a good day and week, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. 